Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effects on the markets. This podcast is for educational purposes and should not be taken as investment advice. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you're prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now onto the podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Dylan Holman, and joining me is seasoned trader Henry Ward, who has over 10 years' experience in the markets. Hello, everyone. The podcast has a simple format, which we'll see us talking about the top three financial stories in the news. This week, we're looking at Bitcoin, oil, and Square. First things first, though, Henry, how's your week been? Yeah, the week has been, the week has been pretty good. Um, we have the election coming up, where we have um, the, the run-in between Donald Trump and we have um, the likes of Joe Biden. It's the big now, one. We've been talking about it for a long yeah. time now, so it'll be interesting to see which way it goes. Yeah, absolutely. And we've had um, earnings season. The market hasn't moved as much as I would have liked in in that particular direction because uh, I do think that the market is sort of waiting to see what happens with the election, what's happening with the likes of the stimulus. Is it happening? Is it not happening? There's an argument between Republicans and the Democrats about who is actually, how much money they need, what money they need. So it's one of these things that it's rumbling on a little bit rather than going, yes, there's a package, this the amount of money. Now, whoever gets in, can disperse it. Okay, well, let's start with topic one then, which is Bitcoin, which is arguably the most well-known cryptocurrency. Um, I'm going to stop it right there because I say cryptocurrency, and I think it's a slightly fused term because a lot of people use cryptocurrencies to um, describe all cryptos, when in fact, that's actually not the case, is it? No, you have you have utility tokens, you have exchange tokens. You know what I mean? They're not they're not all particular kinds. So some of them are, some of them are not. But they they get they get put under the the heading of, of cryptocurrencies. You know what I mean? But they're not, unfortunately. Yeah, crypt, I think the, the, the correct term is exactly is, is crypto assets. However, Bitcoin happens to be a cryptocurrency. Just to confuse things even more. Bitcoin's at its highest level since bull run of 2017. So it started the year at the $6,900 mark. And now it's just been trading around the $13,390 mark in early November. So why would it have had such a big surge? That's, uh, you know, 100% growth this year. Yeah, it it actually broke the fourteen thousand dollar mark, which was which was the level that I had earmarked. Well, it was thirteen eight was the was the level that I earmarked, but it had broke that and now has pulled back inside that level. There's a couple of different reasons as that. No other market is trending for the last for the last month and a half. We've had the V shaped recovery on the likes of the stocks. We've had dollar has literally capitulated over the last six or seven months. And now we have this little bull run that slowly started off in, in the likes of March. To, to me, this is the kind of recovery we should have had on the stock markets, okay? That it's nice, it's slow, you can predict it. And, and that's what's happened with the likes of the, the crypto assets. It has nicely gone. It's, it's exactly how the likes of the stock market and the likes of the FX market should have gone. So, uh, in, in reality, this is the only market that has done what it should be doing. Does that make sense? Nice and slowly growing rather than um, the likes of the stock market has just been bought for $2 trillion. And now with the, the second set of lockdown, is it now going to blow up on our face? 100% growth in under a year is significant performance gains. Are people a little bit wary of it because of what happened in 2017? Is that why it's not getting the same sort of media headlines as it otherwise would? I'm a trader and I'm massively wary. I'm massively worried about it. Yes, I can understand that. 
Um, if I risk manage, the only the only the only amount of money I could lose on it is is a hundred is is one percent of my accounts or thousand pounds or whatever whatever the size of your account is. Okay, but yes, people are worried. But I'm looking at it going. It's at that fourteen thousand mark. It has to break that fourteen thousand mark for me to look at it as a as a point of investing. Because then after that, that fourteen thousand mark, the next level is near the high up near the eighteen thousand and then the twenty thousand mark. So there's loads of room for it to go, but it it has never sort of been there. It's like one of these stocks that are one of these instruments that you jump in and you just take a punt on it rather than go, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident that it'll go there. But yeah, at the present moment, it's running nicely, running very, very nicely. With what's happening in the stock market, are investors almost treating Bitcoin like a safe haven? Yeah, people are. They're, they're using this as a, as a square somewhere to actually store the money. The same as gold was at, at the beginning of the likes of the lockdown and it took off. Now we have gold sort of actually, um, it, it's stagnant, whereas now the likes of Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, they have taken off nicely. Whereas it, it took money a little while from the, to trickle down into the likes of these. The minute the, the checks come up, people jumped into um, gold, they jumped into stocks, and now it's slowly now converting into the likes of Bitcoin kind and it's taken off really, really well so yeah people are using it as a safe haven they're they're using it as a way of just storing the money holding on to it long term and then coming back to it in six months or a year or five years time and then seeing where it is do you think it's unfair the negative headlines that cryptos and bitcoin specifically seem to get you know if it was to reduce in value by say 20 percent, there would be outrage in the headlines saying you know it's a scam it's for fraudsters it's for crime while we've seen similar dips from the stock market and they obviously don't get the same sort of reaction and i appreciate they've been around for longer but still i feel that bitcoin gets a, an unfair run of things you say a scam, um, illegal, fraudulent, but didn't we do a whole podcast here in the banking sector um, doing fraudulent activity, yeah. two trillion in, in money going through the likes of banks? It happens everywhere. There's no, there's no institution, there's no instrument that we will invest in that hasn't had some sort of fraudulent activity or money laundering or something done in it. Now, the problem is, is that it, it gets a lot of this negativity because people still do not understand it. They're going, how can something that doesn't exist have value? It's because um, people just do not understand it, and that, and that's and that's the problem, and that's where and that's where the negativity comes about. It. Um, you saw the likes of the, the drop in a stock market, and it, it dropped forty percent. There was very little said about it. It's just it was just oh, people losing their jobs. Whereas the likes of cryptocurrencies, if it drops, it's like oh yeah, well it was a scam anyway. I knew the bubble was going to burst. It was it was something that wasn't going to it, it couldn't sustain because there's nothing there. <laughs> so um, that's the that's the idea. But the uh, the thing is is that the more this grows, the more it continues, we will we will see more and more people linking to it in their day jobs, their life. And the more that links to it, the stronger this gets and the stronger people's appetite for this gets. And it it is a matter of time, yes. Okay, well, let's move on to topic two then, which is oil. So like the start of the year, oil has had a pretty big drop. Um, And now obviously with the world going back into a lockdown, things aren't looking good for it again. No, as things are things are not looking good at all at the present moment. We see oil. Oil has been since September has been in a sideways market. It, it's it's just been traversing there between the the thirty six dollars and the forty three dollar level, and it's just been pinging between that. 
And uh, obviously, over the last 10 days, we've had, we've had a pretty big drop across the markets. We've had the likes of lockdowns across the world being implemented. And yeah, Oilers, Oilers had a, now not a, a dramatic drop, but it, it, it's had a decent sell-off down to about $33 a barrel, which is quite significant. It actually broke out of that, that 36 level. So it's now down to $33 a barrel. It is a bit, I, I won't say concerning, but it's, it's turning the tide. It's now looking like it's the beginning of a downtrend. The last time we featured oil on this podcast, I think it was down around the $7 mark. And there was also a stage where oil production companies were, were basically paying for people to take it off them because the storage cost was more expensive than the, the, uh, the value of oil. Can you, can you see that happening again? That is not technically true. It's it's it was because of the the contract, the futures contract was expiring, and then uh, that night at twelve o'clock, so people had to get it off their hands. So yeah, it, theoretically, people were selling the car, paying people to get to to take the contract off their hands. So that was that was that was why that did. But if we look at the platform, it dropped down to seven dollars, which is which is a massive massive drop. Now, do I expect it to drop the whole way down there? I, I don't expect the drop down there um, but because OPEC and uh, the oil companies are now they're a sort of little more geared up to it now they have now they probably have contingency plans in place if they don't have contingency plans in place they're being very very silly and naive did we all think there was going to second lockdown absolutely and when we came out of the first one we were told that if we if we don't continue with our with the rules we will we will go into a second lockdown and now it's happened um, so I don't think it'll drop as far but I do think think it will drop but it only takes one of these oil companies to start flooding the market again like um, like the Saudis did um, with Aramco and then all of a sudden then the price of oil will drop like a stone but I don't think I don't think that'll happen again I, I do expect some sort of a drop but I don't think it will as much, drop as much and how about your favorite oxy you know there was a stage <laughs> uh, at the beginning of the year where that was a daily update about Oxy. Um, so how, how are they going to get on and uh, can they survive this second lockdown? Well, Oxy's not doing very well at the minute. <laughs> it's not doing very well at the minute. If you look at my portfolio, it's, it's, it's the biggest loss I have at the present moment. Um, I, did close, I did close out one of my positions. So technically, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty flat uh, at the present moment but on the portfolio it's down quite handsomely at the present moment do i expect it to turn around absolutely um and what i'll do is once if we go into lockdown and if we if we are at a point where we're then sort of slowly being released i will buy up some more at a lower rate um but the likes of royal dutch shell the likes of oxy the likes of all those companies oil companies um they have to just sit pretty and and hope they have enough cash reserves to to keep the company going, keep afloat. Um, you may even see some sort of help from governments, um, because they are going to they are going to get us in the teeth. And and the same with the likes of the aerospace, they are that those are the two big companies that are going to that are going to suffer because if everyone's in house, the the only thing that's going to happen is it's going to continue dropping. Not all countries are on lockdown, though, are they? And, uh, you know, obviously China's still out and about, and they've actually just announced that they will be um, raising their quota for oil imports in 2021 by 20%. So it's not all doom and gloom for, for the industry. 
No, it's not all doom and gloom. But uh, if you if you look at the stats, then is is China is the second biggest economy in the world. So yes, that is that is a quite a significant boost for them. But once you have the other the other developed worlds that are are in lockdown and and they're not going out, if the US goes into lockdown, that is going to be a pretty huge jump in the negativity for for oil. But no, not everything is doom and gloom. But I do expect I don't ex, I don't expect to see any growth on us over the next over the next month. Nature or sideways or slowly go down but I, I don't see any upside in this over the next month or so well let's uh, go to topic three then which is square so during the first national lockdown many businesses were obviously forced to adapt and become much more kind of technologically advanced and that meant that the digital payment processing industry had a bit of a boom a key provider in this space is square which is also run by the twitter boss jack dorsey so how have they got on yeah, Square have um, have done have done really really well. So if you had a if you had jumped in on Square um, when we actually talked about it, I think it was I think it was the sixteenth of July last year, you'd be up nearly fifty seven percent to the high. And then if you'd have jumped in, if you still had that open, you'd be up twenty five percent at the present moment. So anyone who's anyone who invested in it has done extremely well. Square haven't released their third their third year or their third or the Q three <laughs> the third year. Screaming <laughs> <laughs> uh, for that one. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't they haven't released the the Q three um, results yet. So that comes out on the fifth of November. So when the market is closed and um, but if you look at the, the quarter of August 2020 it's total net revenue was up 64% year on year so that's 1.92 billion in gross profits they were up 20 28% at uh, 597 so they have they have done pretty well over over this year so even even if q3 is not as good as expected or sort of comes out a little bit down they have still had a phenomenal year and anyone who's invested in them at the beginning of the year has done extremely well yeah it's interesting that you know those numbers are pretty good but they've actually had a bit of a downwards trend on their uh, their share price and that's because um, a number of their investors are a little bit skeptical of the company's plans to buy a tax preparation unit from the, from one of their competitors Credit Karma yeah, so they they are they were looking at that and see the the problem is that this is this is basically a startup company in the sense that it's pretty new. It's not a, a it's not a major player in this market. And then going out and and jumping into the likes of this market here, this puts an awful lot of strain on a very very young company. If we look at the the actual stock price itself over the last ten days, we've had a pretty decent pullback on it. Now whether that is because of this, whether it's because of the market having a correction but yeah there's been a little bit of negativity and also we've also had a little price earnings not correction but update saying that the the q3 report may not be as good as everyone wants it to be does that make sense so we've had we've had a little bit because they are very reliant on the likes of people footfall that's that's why they're trying to diverse into other markets so one of the consumer-facing parts of the business um, that Square has is the Cash App. Um, now, I hear about the Cash App all the time because they're one of the big sponsors of the Joe Rogan podcast, which is one of my own personal favorites. Um, but, but that app seems to be absolutely booming in America. Yeah, so that that is one of the that's one of the the revenue streams. So what what the likes of Square have, have tried to do is try to plug in for your phone. That means that consumers can sell stuff to members of the public. 
But what they've also done is they've tried to actually service the members of the public then as well and with the likes of Cash App. So they now service both sides of the market, which makes good sense for the likes of um, the likes of Square. So they are sort of going into the banking industry, but they're sort of a fintech company. So it, it, it works quite well for them. And, and through the Cash App, they have done extremely well. And one of the big things that they've done is they've actually... Um, allowed people to actually get something a bit like the the payday loans now it's it's i say payday loans but it's not it's not a pay loan because the the interest rates are nowhere near as, as bad but anyone on the likes of the cash app can get loans from up to 20 quid up to 200 quid very very quickly and it's something that has brought in an awful lot of revenue for the likes of cash app it's brought new investors in there. It's also brought people with money that are able to store on the app. So that's one of the big things with the likes of these fintechs is that why would people leave money in the actual fintech instead of the normal bank accounts? Whereas with the likes of the cash app, with incentives, with stuff like that there, it incentivizes them to leave money there. So it means then that the likes of cash app and Square have money sitting in the in the coffers. Square Inc has also bought 50 million pounds worth of cryptocurrency at the beginning of November. Now, if we look at this, um, he bought it and the price was about 10,500. At the present moment, it, it broke the 14,000 mark. It's now back down to about, what is it, 13,400, which is a 33% growth just on that investment. So 50 million and it's grown 33% in the space of a month. That's an all right investment, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's not too bad. Um, let's just hope that Bitcoin keeps going in one direction and that's positive. Okay, and just looking at the share price of Square, you mentioned that it's had a bit of a pullback in the last 10 days. So do you feel that now is a good opportunity to jump in? Yeah, so it, it depends on depends on what your outlook on is. is you, you've you mentioned a couple of negative things there about about the likes of um, Square Inc. And it's, see, the thing with the likes of this, it all comes down to hard, cold numbers. And I've, I've said this over and over again, is that if the numbers for the Q3 report come out and they are positive, expect this stock to, to take off again. Because this is something that has has been trending extremely nicely over the last couple of months. It is something that um, we've jumped in ourselves in and we are up quite handsomely on. Um, so there is, there is definitely room for this to grow. But on the other side, we have... The, the Q3 report coming out in two days, which will affect the market in three. So um, we will see we will see the effect of that on the sixth. But the news is actually coming out on the fifth when the market is closed. So it, it, it literally comes down to if there's the revenue is up, if the consumer base is up, if the numbers are all good, I expect this now to continue and take off and actually make a higher high. It's had a that was it about a twenty five percent pullback over from the high to to where it is today. So if it's if there's good news, then there is there is definitely upside in that. If it's bad news, then we could actually see a little bit of a, a move to the downside here till we actually get to a point where investors are looking at this and going, well, now it's worth uh, worth jumping in again because there's loads of room. Um, but this is something I'm looking at. There's something that uh, I am looking into. Make sure you do your own due diligence. Make sure you're looking into reports and actually seeing are they positive, are they negative. Um, looking into the actual, the company itself. Have they, have they enough revenue streams to sustain what's going on? And then look at their competitors because there are an awful lot of competitors out there. Um, with the likes of these, you have the likes of um, PayPal, um, and there's five or six. You've Stripe is also a new player on the market as well. Is also a competitor, so there is a lot of competition in this market. 
Great. Well, that's it for this week's podcast. Is there anything else that you think people should be keeping an eye on? At the present moment, it's just the election. Keep an eye on that. If you are someone who is heavily invested in the stock market, then this is a must. This is a must see. You need to keep your eye on the ball for that. We have US dollar. We still don't know whether it's getting stronger, whether it's weaker. But this week, this week is all about the cryptocurrencies or crypto assets, Dylan, which is it? (laughs) (laughs) So it's definitely watching the cryptos and whether it's Bitcoin, whether you see more value in the likes of NEO, Tron, Ether, Ethereum, XRP, Bitcoin Cash, whichever one that you're looking to invest in, to me, that, that's where the movement is happening at the minute. But for me personally, as a trader, I need to see a nice technical setup before I jump in. So I need to see some sort of a pullback on the likes of Bitcoin before I jump in. Well, thanks very much, everyone, for listening to this week's podcast. You can learn more about the markets on Henry's weekly webinar, which you can find by going onto Google and typing eToro Trading School. Speak to you next week. Thanks. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.